Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Join Rabbi Michael Siegel of On Shamit Synagogue and author Jonathan Eig as they talk about this week's Torah portion of Bamidbar, Central Issues and the Power of Structure. Are you a spatial person? In other words, uh, do, not... you, do you do pay attention to the placement of things or markers, you know, um, you know, focal points? Yeah, at first when you said spatial, I thought you were talking about like outer space. Um, and no, I'm not much of a, an outer space guy, but I am spatial and I, I see spaces and I remember things based on where they are on the page. And, um, and I'm good at knowing like how much chili is going to fit in the Tupperware, which size Tupperware to pour the chili into that kind of thing. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty spatially oriented. That, by the way, I was with you until you got to the chili. That is a that is a big Achilles heel for me. I have no ability to put the uh, right amount of salad into the right Tupperware container. It's like always, you know, I'm always guessing wrong. Oh, I'm a genius. I'm, I'm I have very few talents, but that I'm I'm a genius at that. My wife Janet's very good at that. <laughs> also, you know, putting things away, putting things in the refrigerator. I'm always I'm not very good at that either. So I guess I fail in some of that spatial test. I guess what I want to do, rather than talk about our kitchen acumen, I wanted to think about the meaning of space and placement. And that takes us to the portion of Bamidbar. And Bamidbar is the name of the book in the wilderness. It is also the book where we take a census. But the very opening portion spends a good deal of time laying out the structure of the camp. In other words, where will every tribe uh, sit in the camp? Where are they placed? And in the middle of the camp is the tabernacle itself, the place where you have not only the menorah and all of those and the altar, but you also have the throne of God, the Ark of the Covenant. And so this is the indwelling place of God in the middle of the camp. And so what strikes me is that, A, every tribe has a place, but what the structure of the camp is uh, trying to get across is that the tabernacle and what's in the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant is the Ten Commandments and God's presence. That's central. That's central. And I think the message is clear. What brings us together? What unifies us? What is central to us? It's God, our relationship to God, the covenant, and the law, the um, the Torah itself. And I was wondering, from your perspective, does that even make sense that you would create a structure in that way to send that message? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think what you, when you were talking about it, what occurred to me first was that these are people who are um, lacking structure in many ways. They're in the wilderness, as you said. Uh, they're living fairly chaotic lives. They don't know where they're going to be from day to day, year to year. And having some sense of structure is really important. I don't know if you remember with your kids, but I felt like um, with mine, they 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 didn't know it, but they definitely needed structure uh, because the world was so confusing at times. And you had to remind yourself that they actually wanted discipline. They wanted rules. And um, if you let the kids do whatever they wanted, uh, you weren't doing them any favors. And I think or at least that's how we justified it as we disciplined them. But um, I think in this case, uh, it makes perfect sense for a people who are nomadic, 
who uh, may feel lost at times to know that there is a structure and that some sort of spatial orientation. I hear that, but I guess what I want to also add here is that the messaging here of the structure is this is what you are responsible for, and this is what you stand for, right? When you are an Israelite, you are to put God at the center. When you're an Israelite, you are to put the Torah at the center and its morals and its ethics and its laws. It goes to the core of your being. Literally, it's at the center. And I think the messaging there is pretty clear. Uh, yeah, no question about it. And I think that's um, a big part of Judaism today and a big sort of debate we have within Judaism is how much of it is, is permeating your life and how much of these rules do you, do you follow? Uh, do you keep Shabbat? Do you keep kosher? I definitely think that. And I think there's an entire debate going on, you know, in the Jewish community as to what does that mean? You know, is it a obligation or is it a choice that I make? There's a huge difference about how we approach a law when we feel obligated to do it, or we, we, we take it on because we think it's the right thing to do, or it helps us relate better to Judaism. I definitely hear that, but I guess what I wanted to get to here was kind of a different idea, which is an American idea. If you were structuring the tabernacle of America, and imagine that we would find the central place in the United States, which maybe maybe around Kansas, somewhere in that environment. And we were going to take the sacred documents of America and place them in the center of the country. What do you think that would do for us, if anything? In other words, to say this is central to who we are and this is central to what we believe. And this is also the definition of what it means to be American. An American, I'm responsible for this. I'm interested in your thoughts on that. Well, I think we've done exactly that. I think that's what happens when you take your kids to Washington, D.C. And perhaps when um, the capital was founded, that was, in a way, the center of the country because we hadn't stretched out west yet. Um, but north and south could come together in Washington, D.C., and both and the city could make a claim on the souls of both parts of the country. And even today, like just last year, we took Lola there for the first time. And I felt a very powerful sense that as we looked at the at, at the Constitution, the original uh, one of the original drafts of the Constitution, and we looked at these monuments to our founding fathers and um, we looked at what they dreamed this country could be, even if they didn't get it exactly right. I felt a very powerful sense that there were people around me from all over the country experiencing the same thing and trying to understand, you know, where we came from and what ideals were behind the foundation of the country. You know, Washington, D.C., even today, despite this great age of cynicism, does carry some of that power. I feel the same thing when I go to Washington. I'm always looking out the window of the plane as the plane is coming in, and I'm looking at the Washington Monument, and I'm seeing all of these great symbols. And I think of those documents, and I love to go and look at them. We're also living in an age where there are lots of people who are complaining about the West Coast or East Coast elites and the people who live inside the Beltway, and they're not really part of America. And I just wonder, how do we make 
a legal system? How do we make the Constitution central, especially at a time when there are growing numbers of people who don't feel that the Constitution speaks to them? They don't feel like they were included in it. And so how do you do that? No, it's a great question. And, and I think it gets back to the, those founding laws, those founding principles. Can they grow and can they um, adapt as we change our lifestyle? And as, you know, just even as we just put more distance between ourselves and those founding documents, you said the same thing with the, the, the laws of Judaism. Do they feel like laws or choices? Are we committed to them or are we free to um, pick and choose which ones we want to follow? And are we free to follow them as we like, because we've become a more individualist society. And, and I think in terms of religion, too, we've become more individualist and we feel like I'll decide how much I want to stick to these things. And, and that's a different kind of centrality, right? You started out by talking about the geographic centrality, where do we feel like we're connected to these things geographically, but are we connected to them intellectually and spiritually in enough that, within, that they still have a pull on us? Right. But I think that we look at the Torah as a religious document, now, you could make the argument that in Israel today, there's a movement going on from moving to breaking down the wall, walls between synagogue and state in the land of Israel, and that there is a strong push by some religious parties to move the observance of Shabbat into a very public place, even whether or not you can eat uh, chametz or leavening during Passover in a hospital. These are all issues that a lot of people are protesting. But in America, when we look at the Constitution, it's kind of the building blocks of the nation, of our governance, etc. So unless we have buy-in from everybody that we're playing by the same rules, and those rules are, I'm going to use this term, sacred, not in the religious sense, but in the sense that we venerate these documents and we all agree that we are bound to them. I'm not sure how the nation functions. Well, that's a great question, and it doesn't always function, right? We went to war over the, uh, the meaning of those documents uh, in, in this country, civil war. There's always going to be dispute and division, and I guess the question is, um, is there enough strength in those documents to hold us together at the times when the, we seem to be divided? And the answer has mostly been yes for a few hundred years, but we still feel the pain. There, there's no question, but there's two ways to look at it. You can say, we need to have a new constitutional convention and we need to start over again. There are some people who are advocating that. Mm -hmm. Like, we just need to throw it out and start over again. The constitution is too broken to be fixed. Or we say, these are our documents. They are not perfect. That's why you have the ability to make changes in the Constitution and make new amendments. It's difficult, but it can be done. And that this is our system, and we all need to commit to it. We need to kind of level the playing field and all stand together on this. And that's the larger question that I'm asking. I'm not asking whether we should move the founding documents of our country to Kansas, but rather how do we take this idea and say, this is central to all of us. And all of us have a place around this camp, just as the Israelites did around the uh, Israelite camp. Yeah. And maybe the issue isn't really the documents themselves, but um, the community around them and whether we still feel united as a community and feel that desire to make it work. Because if that 
feeling is there and the community is there and we, we, we have a core set of beliefs, then of course we can grow and we can adapt and we can do it together just like, um, you know, a family does. But I guess I'm a little more of an alarmist here. <laughs> well, what else is new? Right. I didn't have to be so quick to agree, but okay. <laughs> but I, I am. I, I think that this portion has something to say to us in America. Unless we have buy-in from everyone that these are our documents and that there is something, kind of a, an American sacredness to them, then what happens is you run the risk of having people sort of go off the reservation, if you will, to move out of the camp to say, these laws don't apply to me. I'm not part of this. That certainly was what happened in the Civil War. We don't interpret this the same way. It, so it doesn't apply to me the same way. I think there's a danger with that. I don't think we teach civics in this country in a meaningful way. I think that we should probably follow the Israeli model, perhaps not having a national draft. That's not what I'm interested in. But in Israel, the army serves as a civics lesson for Judaism and Israel, so that every soldier is taught about Israel it travels around the country and can, can tell you something about the constitution of Israel, the history of the country, um, and what it stands for. In other words, what are they fighting for at the end of the day? I think that this country should have a year of service between high school and college. Every student should graduate from high school and from there go into this national year of service. I think it would revolutionize the country if they were teaching civics. I think people would then say, yes, I need to, I, this is my place and I need to have a voice in this process around the American tabernacle, if you will. Yeah, I love that idea. As, as long as, you know, the poor aren't stuck with it and the rich find a way to get out of it or the, uh, you know, the, the, the rich manage to send their kids to Nantucket uh, while the rest of the uh, country goes and works in, in uh, rural communities. Uh, but, uh, but I would say just to your core issue about, you know, the sense of identity, the sense of unity, um, it's true in America and it's true all over the world and it's true for Judaism. When we begin to feel like we can pick and choose and we can have a, a sense of belonging to the greater good, then um, we risk losing our way. I think that very much. I mean, the fact is, is that we're not required to read the constitution of our country. There should be a national reading of it, not all that different from the reading of the Torah. I think there is something to that where, you know, we should gather once a year and hear someone read the constitution, gather both houses, you know, the entire Congress. I think there's something to these kinds of rituals that raise it in our minds. The fact that we don't require our kids to read the Federalist Papers, I think is highly problematic in a country where you're expected to have a conceptual approach. If you're going to be part of a participatory democracy, how can you participate if you don't know what the rules are and what the parameters are? And that's the challenge. How do we make it central? I guess that's the question. And I'll, it'll remain a question, but I think the Torah has something to say to us in a very interesting way about the structure of the tabernacle. It's a big job ahead, but I, um, I agree. We have to keep focusing on what we have in common. No question. Well, thank you, Jonathan. And it was good to know that you have these kitchen skills that I just wasn't aware of until now. Yeah, anytime you make a big pot of soup or something, call me over. I'll be there to help. I may do that. I may do that. Thank you. Okay. <laughs>